Hi, I'm Randy Weddle. I'm your host for Creation Anew. I pastor two churches in Indiana, Community Church of Mooresville, located in Mooresville, Indiana, and I also pastor Mount Pleasant Christian Church, located in the great town of Hall, Indiana. And this podcast is designed to challenge both believers in Jesus Christ and those who don't believe. I want to challenge believers to grow in their faith. And I want to challenge non-believers to take a serious look at the Bible. Are you ready? Let's get started. Well, hello again, everybody. Randy Weddle here with Creation Anew. I'm so glad that you're with me today. What in the world are we going to talk about? Well, um, what we're going to talk about today is uh, we're going to go into the book of Revelation, we have gone all the way up to chapter 4. We have finished chapter 4, we're ready for chapter 5, and if you need to go back and listen to previous episodes, uh, go ahead and do that, and that'll get you caught up with things. So let's go ahead and go right in to Revelation chapter 5. Now I'm going to read the first four verses. And I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the high seat a book with writing inside it and on the back, shut with seven stamps of wax. And I saw a strong angel saying in a loud voice, Who is able to, to make the book open and to undo its stamps? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to get the book open or to see what was in it. And it was, I was very sad, because there was no one able to get the book open or to see what was in it. Now remember, where are we right now? Well, we're in heaven. If you uh, want to know what heaven is like, John gives a wonderful description that still makes our imaginations run wild. But we see here that we have... Um, in the scene of this, um, there is a book, and this book was in the right hand of God the Father, who's sitting on the throne, and um, it has writing on it, it has writing all over it. So it's it's written um, on the on the on the inside. It's written on the back. There's writing. And the book was also sealed, and it was sealed with seven seals. So what is this book? Well, a book in John's day was a scroll, okay? That we didn't have the, uh, John didn't have the, the book binding um, that we had today, or it wasn't used a whole lot. But in John's day, it was more of rolled up scrolls. So what does this book contain? Well, this is the title deed, if you will, to the earth. It is God's claim upon the creation. It is his right to have. It is his ownership. And he is going to take over ownership of the whole earth. Now, under Jewish law, when someone sold a piece of property there was a clause in in the paperwork and it was called it was it was a redemptive clause 
that was in the deed. Now, if the seller could buy back the property that he sold, if, say, like within a specific time period, well, he could, he could do that if, if he had that option, you know, if he wanted to, just as long as the seller fulfilled the terms that were listed in the deed. Well, creation is God's possession. It is his property. And he has completely fulfilled all of his law. And he has every right to judge the earth and to take the, the creation back as his property. That's what we're seeing here. The book is opening God's final judgment upon creation. Now, John says that there was a mighty or a strong angel that proclaimed out in a loud voice. What does he proclaim? Well, who is worthy to open the book and to loosen or loose its seals? Well, at first, no one is able. There is no one found to be able to open the book or to, to, to look on the inside of it. Now, this is just my opinion. You can take it for what it's worth. But I, I personally think that this is a dramatic effect. I don't mean that, that the angel is being a drama queen or anything like that. I don't mean that. But I think this is for dramatic effect. Because obviously, there is someone who is able to open the book. You and I know it. We're going to get to it in just a moment here. I think this angel is is making this claim or making this statement or asking this question to bring the emphasis upon the one who is able to open this book. Now, whenever this question of who is worthy to open the book and loosen the seals on the book, at first no one was found worthy to open it. There was no one in heaven, no one on the earth, and no one under the earth. Well, very interesting. Of all of God's creation, nothing, no one, whether in heaven, on earth, or under the earth, whether they are in heaven, they are alive, or they're dead, no one was found worthy. And this made John weep. Now, I don't really care for the translation um, usage that I that I used here, um, where it says it made him sad. I think it was stronger. Um, it, John was stronger in his emotions. I think he was weeping here. <clears throat> the reason why he was weeping was because no one was found worthy to open the book or to even see it. And what John is thinking here is, John wanted to see creation set free. He, he wanted the, the promise that we find in Revelation 4.1 fulfilled. What is that promise? Let's go back to Revelation 4.1 and we'll be able to see this promise. Revelation 4.1 says this, After these things I saw a door open in heaven, and the first voice came to my ears, like the sound of a horn, saying, Come up here, and I will make clear to you the things which are to come. That promise there is the promise of God finishing 
his judgment. God, God calling his, the creation that, that belongs with him to, to, to come with him. So, this promise needs to be fulfilled, and, and John is wanting to see this promise fulfilled. John knew that the Old Testament promises to Israel would be fulfilled if this book could be opened. And John was groaning, if you will. And, and creation does that too. In Romans 8, 22-23, we see that the creation groans. But what are they groaning over? Well, they are groaning for the end to come. The, the, all of creation is groaning because it has been burdened with sin. And it is looking for redemption. The Bible says that, that it's going to be a glorious day whenever the sons of God are finally, when, when their redemption is, is consummated. Well, that's because creation is going to be remade. Everything is going to be put in its place at this time. The unbelieving are going to go to their place. The believing is, will go to their place. And creation will be restored and recreated. So as we go on to verse 5, we see... Let me get over there. In verse 5, we read this. And one of the rulers said to me, Do not be sad. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome and has power to undo the book and its seven stamps. Now let me get over to another translation here because uh, I think we can read this a little bit better. And one of the elders, now this would be one of the 24 elders that represents the church. Remember the church is taken out by now. They have been raptured. And one of the 24 elders represent the church. So one of the elders comes over to John and says, Stop weeping. And there's someone who is able to open the book. So this elder says, Hey, don't cry. Take a look here. This one that's able to open this book is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the root of David. And he overcame, and he is worthy to open up this book and its seven seals. Now, who is the Lion of Judah? Who's, who's the Root of David? Well, um, this is a royal descendant of King David. Uh, and this is Jesus. Jesus was a descendant of King David. And he is a lion as well. And that was a title for the Messiah. We find that in Genesis 49, verses 8 through 12. And Jesus is, is he's gentle. We, we see him as being meek and mild. But don't mistake Jesus here. He is also a roaring lion. He is a lion who is strong and powerful. So, that's who is able to open the book. It's Jesus. And John looks and he sees a lamb. Now, this is another representation for the Messiah. And this lamb was standing in the middle 
of the throne. And there were four living creatures. Remember we talked about the seraphim and also the elders. They're all around. And we have this image of a lamb. Well, Jesus is described as the Lamb of God. And we see this reference going all the way back to Isaiah 53.7. But we see it in the, in the New Testament in John 1.29 and verse 36. So John chapter 1 verses 29 and 36. Acts chapter 8 verse 32 and 1 Peter 1.19. And this lamb that looked as though it was slain was in the middle of the throne. And Jesus here, now just picture this. I'm firmly, I'm firmly convinced that in eternity, Jesus is still going to bear the marks of the work that he did on our behalf. I think that will be an eternal reminder of us, a joyful reminder of us. And so John sees this lamb, and the lamb looks, he's bearing the marks, if you will, this lamb is, of sacrifice. And Jesus certainly sacrificed for us. Now, the lamb, we read, has seven horns and seven eyes. So let's go over to our text here. And... I'm going to start at verse 6. Verse 6. Let me read verses 6 and 7. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. So, John describes the Lamb of God, and he says that he's got seven horns and seven eyes. Now, seven, seven is a, a number of perfection. Horns, you'll find in the book of Revelation, usually mean power. So we have perfect power with Jesus. And eyes can mean wisdom, all uh, omniscience, if you will. So we've got perfect power with Jesus. We've got perfect um, omniscience. Um, we, we have the Son of God here. And it says that these seven eyes are the seven spirits of God. Now, there aren't seven spirits of God. But again, remember, the number seven means perfection. It represents perfection. So what we have here is we have this lamb who has the full spirit. There's no more spirit that he can have. So, and that makes perfect sense. Give me just a second. I'm sorry, I just had to cough real quick and I just didn't want to do it uh, in your ear. Jesus has the full spirit of God. Why? Because he is God. That makes perfect sense. He, he, there's nothing of God that Jesus misses. And so those are the seven seven horns, seven eyes. They are the seven spirits of God. And the seven spirits of God are sent out into all the earth. And the spirit, by the way, is sent out to do the, his work, to convict, to, to, to draw. 
and we see that in Zechariah 4.10. Now, as we go further, let me read verse 8 here. When he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So the, the, the Lamb of God takes this book, and he is worthy because he has paid the price for the sin of the world. He has redeemed the world. Jesus, in his, his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, paid the full price for sin. So he comes and he takes the book from the right hand of God the Father. We see that in verse 7. And the Lamb, he takes the book, and when he does, it says that the four living creatures, so those seraphim and cherubim, and the 24 elders, the elders representing the church, that they fall down before the Lamb. They're worshiping him. It says that they are, they have harps, and they have, well, some of your Bibles may say vials. Well, a vial is like a shallow cup. Okay, and they were used to, to have incense or aromas. Now, in this area of Revelation, we're going to see where incense is related to prayers. So just keep that in mind as we go here. Because the prayers of the saints are somewhat represented. Let me go a little bit further in our text. It says in verse 8 that each one of these, um, the 24 elders, and, and it says that the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls or vials full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So we see right there the the the, the incense relates to the prayers of the saints. And we'll see this more as we go. Now, we have a song of the creatures and the elders. It's a song of praise. So let's go into it. And they sang, verse 9, a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe, and tongue, and people, and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priest to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Now, these guys are praising Jesus. Why? Well, he's worthy to open the book, to take it and open it. And by the way, you'll see this as well in Daniel 7, verses 13 and 14. Jesus is the one who was slain. He's the one that redeemed creation back to God and he he redeemed mankind not just from one group of people but worldwide he has claimed people for his own not to say that everybody is going to be saved but people from all over the earth will be redeemed it says from every tribe tongue people and nation and it says as well you made the redeemed to our God a kingdom and priest. We see that in verse 6. The redeemed are going to reign upon the earth. We'll see that a little bit later. But Jesus is worthy because the Father has appointed the Son to, to do this work, 
to judge the world and Jesus has finished the work of redemption and he is going to judge the world. We see that in John 5:19 through 28. Now let's go a little bit further here because we've got uh, more before we end um, chapter 5. It says in verse 11, Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and living creatures, and the elders. And the number of them was myriads of myriads, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, and riches, and wisdom, and might, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and on the sea, and all things in them I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion for ever and ever and the four living creatures kept saying amen and the elders fell down and worshiped well what do we have here guys we've got quite a bit of worship going on we've got uh, a, a worship service that's happening here it says, John says that he heard the voice of many angels in verse 11. The angels were surrounding the throne. They were also surrounding the living creatures and the elders. And it says there were myriads and of myriads and thousands of thousands, a number that you couldn't count. And it says that the angels were speaking in a loud voice. They were saying that the Lamb is worthy that he has been slain and he is to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. This isn't something that we give to Jesus. It's something that belongs to him. And if you'll notice, and this is something that John MacArthur brings out, these are qualities of God. He is powerful. He is worthy. He has been slain. He is rich. He has wisdom and might and honor, glory and blessing. That's who Jesus is. So we have this worship by all of creation. It says that every created thing in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea was saying to the one on the throne and to the Lamb, Blessing, honor, glory, dominion forever and ever. Those are things that are, they're, again, we're not ascribing, I mean, we, we are ascribing those things to Jesus. We're not giving them. We're, we're saying, this is who you are. Okay, that's what creation is saying here. Even the departed spirits, those under the earth, were giving praise. The four creatures were agreeing, they were saying amen, and the church falls down and worships the Lord Jesus. Now what do we take from this? Well, I think we can just take some joy, um, firstly, because, guys, we if you worship Jesus Christ, you don't worship a false god. You worship a true god. You worship the one that was dead, truly dead, and under his own power, raised from the dead. You are worshiping the Lord Jesus, who is going to redeem sinners and reclaim creation for his own. So I think that's something that we can take from this. Also, we can see the praise that goes on in heaven. We are getting a glimpse here of the throne room 
God's tabernacle and seeing what the church is going to be doing after we are raptured. We are going to be interacting with angels, with seraphim and cherubim and worshiping God. And it's going to be a joyous occasion because we are going to be constantly giving God praise because he did the work of redemption. Let me ask you a question. If you're listening to my voice today and you have never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is the Bible says that you and I have sinned against God. And because we've sinned, we are going to physically die, but we face spiritual death. That means that whenever we physically die, our body stops, but spiritual death means that our spirit goes on to be in a realm that is totally void of anything good, totally void of anything to do with God. But Jesus came and he fulfilled the law so we don't have to be perfect. That's how he lived. He lived a sinless life. He died physically so that we didn't have to physically die for sin. And he was buried and he rose again on the third day. Now when he died, he paid for our sins completely. You can have complete forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ and you can have new life just like he raised up to new life. You can have new life starting now and that will finish out whenever your physical body will actually be raised from the dead. That's what Jesus promises us. That's what he offers to us if we will just simply ask him for those things. If you have never called upon Christ to save you and to forgive you of your sins, I encourage you to do that today. Maybe you're not sure. Well, today's a great day to make sure that you believe in Jesus Christ. That's the call. And if you have done that, well, by golly, you have every reason to be joyous and to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all I've got for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening to me. Hey, if you'd like to contact me, my email address is randy at creation.com. And you can also support this podcast. There are several ways that you can support it. Number one, I, I would ask that you would pray for this ministry. Pray for me. I'm just a human being. I'm fallible. Pray for me. I would love that. And if you want me to uh, pray for you, all you have to do is write to me. I'd be more than happy to do that. Another way that you can support this podcast is to tell others about this podcast. Subscribe. Um, like the podcast. And you can find us on different platforms. We are on places like um, Apple Podcast. We are at Breaker. Uh, we are at Google Podcast. We are at Overcast and Spotify and Pocket Casts and Radio Public. We're all over the place. So support us. Tell others about us. Um, like the podcast. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Now, there is a third way that you can also support. And if you go to Anchor, that's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M backslash creation 
dash new you can see a button where you can listen to us you can send messages and you can also support us and if you want to support just one time or if you want to support on a monthly basis that's perfectly fine now let me say something here you can pray for this ministry all you want to you can tell others about this ministry all you want to but there's a ground rule with with uh, donating um, money to this ministry and that is you need to be able to take care of your family and you need to be able to take care of your home church if you can't do those things do not give to this ministry I want you to take care of your family, pay your bills, put food on the table, and I want you to make sure that your church, if it's a if it's a Bible teaching church, you make sure that you are helping your church, that you are supporting your church before you give to this ministry. But if you are taking care of your family and your home church and you want to give uh, you because you have extra, then by all means, you can certainly do that with this ministry. And you can go again to anchor.fm backslash creation dash anew to do that very thing. Well, guys, that's all I've got for you today. I really appreciate the time. And until next time, thank you so much. Bye-bye.